But can I just tell you something on the positive note? Mm-hmm. You know what one of the best things about being a parent is? When they go to sleep. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but also the snacks. Oh, I love this. Goldfish. I get to I get to relive my childhood. Yeah. I just had a pudding cup. Oh, love a pudding cup. <laughs> and I know that's a that's a, a, a brand or like a, a type of food that's kind of been embroiled in scandal due to a very hands-on comic. You know, they caught some collateral damage there. I don't know what we're talking about. What is that? Pudding! Oh! oh. Mm-hmm. Jokes aren't funny when you have to explain them! <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, top-tier snack. They're so pudding, pudding cups are really good. Oh, yeah. This is a pudding cup podcast. Yeah, pure sugar. Delicious. Um, should we just get into it? Let's do it. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. We actually have a lot to get to today, Greg. Yeah, you should probably just take over because reading the comments from last time, nobody cares about me. So this is, this is a, no, I'm just kidding, but we do, yes, jam-packed episode. Um, real quick at the top, I just want to say... Um, Yesterday on Twitter, I made a a joke. How dare you? I I had a guffaw at the expense of Anthony Davis. He said at Media Day that he had a chip on his shoulder. And I said that I hope that that chip doesn't sideline him. It's a good joke. <laughs> and here's and here's the not funny part, okay? Today, I have been told by Laker fans that I should off myself, that I have that I'm a product of a botched transition surgery, that I'm a product of incest, that I'm a that I'm fat, that I'm ugly. Uh, All manner of things have been said to me today, and um, those don't feel great. So the internet sucks and, um, and that's not, and listen, like, yeah, Lakers fans are piling on and there's lots of them and a lot of people have opinions about Lakers fans, but literally all, all teams have fans that say this kind of on the internet and all the time. Yeah. Jazz fans are not exactly like exempt from this kind of behavior, nor, nor any franchise really. You're right. And so, uh, yeah, just be better online because I read my mentions. <laughs> also, Anthony Davis doesn't give a shit about you. I'm sorry. Yeah. And also, like, he might laugh at that joke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like sorry, the guy's missed 200 something games in the last, like, few years. I'm like, I, it, I feel like I need to tell people that, like, the shoulder chip, not a real injury. <laughs> yeah. It's not real. Again funny joke thank you that's what the internet is for (laughs) if you're on twitter to be serious you're on it for the wrong reasons twitter is for jokes 
Yeah. And just because I'm a member of NBA media doesn't mean that I don't have a personality. And so I'm allowed to make jokes on the internet, just like everyone else. Um, How was your trip? Trip was great. Scotland, Liverpool, London. It was all excellent. It was so good. Um, I would talk about it more. Oh, hold on. Just really quick. My favorite part about the whole trip, honestly, Highland cows are just the cutest animal that has ever existed. Officially my favorite animal. They're affectionately known as Hetty Coos in Scotland. Hetty Coos? And I love myself a Hetty Coo. Just the best animal in the world. Please Google Highland cow. Um, they're cows with bangs. And that's great. <laughs> this is a cow podcast now. This is a Highland cow podcast. Um. Yeah, I would talk about that more, but we do have a lot of stuff to get to. Let's get into it. Ime Udoka. <laughs> Let's just go right into something horrible. Um, so the Boston Celtics head coach has been suspended for the entirety of the 2022-23 season. And feels like there's more coming, right? I mean, I, f- I feel like... Almost just reading the writing on the wall? Yeah, I feel like almost certainly we can expect that he's going to be fired at some point. Yeah, or he's going to resign, one of the two. Right. Um, I would say that his days in Boston are extremely numbered. And, like, I'm not going to speculate about what has happened. Um, What has been, like, officially reported is that there was a relationship with a female staffer. Um, TMZ reported who the staffer was, which makes it a little bit messy. Um, There's been a lot of speculation that there's more to the story and that um it could have been like multiple people or it could have been like someone's wife or what and the fact that like Ime himself is engaged is it's just like very very messy okay this is i'm very much in solidarity with nia long yeah and absolutely none of the details like matter for what i'm going to say which is that there's no way that you don't know that it's wrong, right? Like, no matter right. what what it is that happened, there's no way that Ime Udoka didn't know that he was, one, doing something, like, morally inept, but also doing something that was against team policy. So, like, that's bad. <laughs> it's really that easy. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't really know what else really needs to be said. Yeah, like... You you do gross stuff. There are going to be consequences again. And like sucks to suck guy. It's a bummer. Like it's an all time bag fumble of a team. You know, like that head coach of a team that reaches the finals in his first year. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, but again, like you fuck around and things happen. Yeah, exactly. Um. Also, Boyan Bogdanovich was traded. <laughs> good night sweet prince this one i'm actually kind of a little sad about like i was it felt like the rudy and donovan trades were inevitable and necessary and like like i've said before like i'm going to miss those guys i had a real for some reason i just i just gravitated towards bogey and i just loved the guy and like i'm happy i think that detroit's a good landing place for them him and like he's gonna be able to do good things there I'm just sad to see the bogey era end. Yeah, I mean, 
Boyan is an excellent basketball player. He's so good. He's so good. And and I think that understandably, like, you know, he's not like a flashy guy. Uh, he really stays out of like anything that's dramatic or, you know, he stays out of everything. And he just uh-huh. kind of like head down, does his job. And and so you don't hear about him a lot. And so like when he was coming out of Indiana, I think a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, like that's that's nice. That's a good player for the Jazz. Everyone in Indiana was like, you don't understand. This guy is so good. And then he gets to Utah. And now that he's in Detroit, like some people are like, oh, yeah, that's probably pretty good for Detroit. And everyone in Utah is like, no, you don't understand. This guy is so good. And that's, so like, That's such a good pickup for them. And like. He just seems like the perfect kind of guy for Detroit who has this like really young up and coming nucleus and like he gets to play with Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and like uh oh god I can't remember his name other other really good guy anyway like he's he's that veteran that they need kind of that missing piece and like I don't you know I don't think that all of a sudden Detroit is some sort of title contender but this makes them a significantly better team yeah, and if they still want to like go towards the tank, like they could still flip Bogey. Like they don't have there's sure. no there's no waiting on it because they used room to like bring him in and so um very good deal for them. Um the return I think is what has made a lot of jazz fans upset. I'm I'm scratching my head. I am one of those jazz fans and I'm kind of yeah. wondering like uh that's it yeah um i guess like right out of the gate i should say like yeah not a great return like yes that is true um do you think this is kind of a like the jazz doing bogey a solid kind of thing like this kind of seems like like some deals kind of fell through and they just took the best possible deal as a as a way to like get some sort of exchange and bogey to greener pastures yeah, I um, I mean, I don't think that it's necessarily like that much of a solid. I think they were going to trade Boyan no matter what, and so, and I, I just think the reason that it had to happen now is because even like as constructed, this Jazz roster like still got Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, yeah, Col- Colin Sexton, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik, Malik Beasley. Beasley. Like, like you've got guys, Kelly Olynyk now. Like you've got guys that can play. Now that's not to say that this Jazz team is good. They are not. Okay, not a good team. But you add boy onto that and like you could very easily accidentally win 35 games. <laughs> yeah, you could you could play yourself out of like that draft position that you want. Right. And probably out of all the players where you're going to be like, hey, we need you to like take a vacation or like take a few games off here and there. Boyan is probably the one that's like, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, Boyan could shoot you out of the Bricks for Vic campaign. Right. And so, and he's not a guy that is going to agree to low manage. He's, he wants to play. He's a competitive guy. Like, he wants to, he wants to play. Like, he played through basically, like, remember that he had like that torn tendon in his wrist? He played for half a year with that. That was like surgically repair needed. And then, and then came back, tried to rush coming back the next season after having surgery. Yeah. yeah, he's not a guy who wants to sit around. He wants to play. He's competitive. He's sh- right. he, he's shown that through his tenure as an NBA player and exemplified it as a member of the Utah Jazz. Right. And so the Jazz could not 
it like I had, I had a lot of people that were saying like, why couldn't the jazz just like wait until the trade deadline and like wait for another offer that had better value? Like, sure. You could do that if Boyan was the only good player on the team, but like, you got to get him out of here. <laughs> you, you have to, you have to get him out of here. You can't have Boyan accidentally scoring 40 and winning a few games between right. now and February. Oh like, man. Now I'm having flashbacks to that game against the nuggets. Yeah. God, like, that was great he's he's too good to have on the team yeah and if like he's the, a borderline all-star player like right and like boy he's a 20 point per night guy exactly and yes like you wanted to get a better return for him like yes you wanted to get some sort of draft asset but in the end like if the you know it from what it sounds like the lakers were holding out uh the the suns were being very weird and uh, there were a lot of teams that were like holding out and also like the the jig is up like everybody knows what the jazz are doing right so nobody has to offer them anything they know that they have to get rid of their good players like there there's no trying to like hide around what the jazz are doing now and so whenever anybody calls and they're like oh what are you trying to get rid of they're like yeah i know you need to get rid of them <laughs> and so I think that that value for a lot of the jazz players at this point are down. And that's, that's the benefit of doing the big ones first. You got very lucky on the Royce trade and then you got absolute monster value for Royce and Donovan. And so like the jazz don't need a ton more, like they are. And I wonder if that was part of it too. They're set up for the rebuild. Right. Yeah. And so now at this, and then Uh, To be totally honest, like the move that they made with Boyan, the return was that they have financial wiggle room now. Yeah, it's a it was a salary dump kind of thing. Yeah, it's a money saving deal that also gives them uh, wiggle room. Yeah, and and two two contracts that can eventually be moved if that's the uh, what the Jazz want to do. Right, and you can flip Kelly Olynyk. He's a very flippable player. Yeah, yeah, Um, and you know, and the Jazz now have. 742 centers on their roster so (laughs) yeah um and so basically i mean at this point the jazz have 18 players on roster 19 if you include cody zeller but we won't because that's not real um (laughs) and so they got to cut three guys before the start of the regular season or i mean they could trade also but like if we're saying that there aren't any more moves to be made or they're not going to do like a two for one uh, situation then there have to be like three bodies that have to be moved out and so the future of Sabin Lee Dokaz Buke and uh, I mean I think it could be Nikhil yeah uh, I mean, there, I, there are some people that think it could be Jared Butler yeah uh, I wish Wait, I could I could say that Butler uh, impressed me during summer league but Right. He did um, not look good. And that's got to be really concerning if you're yeah. the jazz. And it's not like, and that's the other thing is like, part of me kind of thinks that it might be Butler because the jazz again, have so many undersized point guards. Now they've got Conley and Sexton and uh, Butler. And God, I'm trying to even just go through the roster right now. There's a million of them now. Right. Um, They've got, Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up. We Saban can, Lee, uh, Leandro Balmero, yeah, Clarkson, uh, just yeah. There's a whole there's a whole slew of them. So like, I mean, they've got to cut down the roster. There's there's no other choice. No, they. I mean, they they literally have to. At least three yeah. guys have got to go. Um, and 
I mean, I will say this. I know that there are people in the front office that still believe in Jared. And so I don't know if that keeps him here. I, um, yeah, I don't want to necessarily dump the guy. I'm just, I just have a little bit of trepidation is all. Yeah. Um, reminded by our host or by our producer, I mean that uh, Locke is huge on Zeller. Uh, yeah, I know. He said that today at practice. Um I mean, the jazz need a veteran. I loudly disagreed. (laughs) Um, Yeah. He's on the training camp um, contract, and there's just no way. (laughs) I'm like, what are they going to do? They're going to, like, wave Olenek and keep Cody Zeller? No. That sounds so bleak. (laughs) 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 Yeah, not great. So, I mean, just wrapping up, like, the Boyan thing, like, in the end, does the value feel good? Absolutely not. Does the money saving like make sense? Like, yeah, I mean, that's where the Jazz are at this point, right? Like, you're not trying to get better. And no. so you're not trying to like bring in, and if you're not going to like get another asset, then the next best thing, like at this point, that's the thing is like assets and the bottom line. Those are the priorities for the Utah Jazz. They weren't going to get an asset. Fine. Cut the bottom line a little bit. Great. Great. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily, I I mean, I can nitpick and say, I wish they would have gotten a bigger haul, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you, I mean, take, you the, take what you can get. And again, like the jazz aren't exactly in a bad position. Like no, they're, I've said, they're, I've said a ton on previous episodes. If you're a jazz fan, you have to be super optimistic about the future. Like you've got a bunch of really pretty solid ancillary pieces and more draft capital than just about anybody in the league. Yeah. They're, they're asset they're rich. set up they're set up quite nicely yeah they are set up um i guess the only thing that like i'm worried about now is that i wor- i worry that the jazz are too good and i don't mean to say that the jazz are a good team i do not mean that but i still think <laughs> i still think that like with jordan clarkson and mike conley and jared vanderbilt and colin sexton like i they're good enough to win some games right sure. and they and not many. I'm not saying I'm saying that like I still probably don't believe that they're a playoff team or a play-in team. No. But like if you're trying to get like top lottery odds, you need to get rid of some of these guys. Yeah, which makes me kind of feel like the Jazz aren't necessarily done as I do my, you know, my windy. Right. Like it to me and again, take this for what it's worth, you know, I'm just a Utah Jazz fan with a Twitter addiction, but um it seems like a move that's going to set up an, an, another move. Again, you've yeah. got it. You've got it. You, you have a, an overloaded roster. You have a bunch of like good ancillary pieces. Like you want more, you know, you want to cut your bottom line even more. It wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me to see if the jazz move a couple more guys to cut salary and maybe get a few more picks. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it, it, it is easy to rack up losses. Right. And like, you can play the like star quote unquote players that you have low minutes and you can hold Mike out like one of every three games. And, you know, you can do these things, mm-hmm. but like the nights when they're all playing, like they could, they could luck into some wins. And I just think that that's a risk. Those are, I mean, yeah, the jazz have enough 
like have enough bodies, have enough talent where like if one guy gets hot, if Jordan Clarkson has a 40 point Philadelphia 76ers game again, that wins you a game right there. Right. You and know, that's, that's the thing is like you think about other rebuilding teams, um, like the process era 76ers or mm-hmm. like OKC a couple of years ago, like name me five dudes on those teams. Right. Yeah, absolutely. They were absolute nobodies. And the Jazz have actual dudes. They have a stable full of legit NBA players. Yeah. And like none of them too great, but still like it's easier to lose games when you know that you're playing with like, like G leaguers basically. Yeah. On the other side though, you have to be excited about that because while you don't have your stars anymore, you have a core you can build around. Yeah. Tons of role players. So many good complimentary players. Yeah, like if this was the depth of the Jazz when they actually had stars. If they, yeah, if you if you switch some things around and had this supporting cast alongside Donovan and uh, Rudy, right? We're probably talking about like Western Conference Finals or bust, right? Um, yeah, and that and that was the problem, right? Is that you couldn't afford to get these guys in unless you were going to give up something, and so and that that was the trick, that was the problem with that roster, and so that that's why it had to be a rebuild. And so I don't know. I just want, I wonder, I wonder how this is all going to go down and what it's going to look like before training camp actually uh, wraps up and the regular season starts. So it's, it's still really intriguing. Um, yeah. Also- it w- again, it, it would not surprise me in the slightest if we're doing a, a trade podcast next, next week. Also would not surprise me. Um Media day was uh, yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Media day was on Monday. Talked to all of the players except for Kelly Olenek and Sabin Lee because the trade wasn't made official until after media day had concluded. Um, And so just some highlights from that um, or lowlights, depending on how you want to look at it. No, we're this is I'm fully optimistic again. Getting to watch this team, getting to cover this team with zero expectations next year has me downright giddy. I think a couple of the things that we'll talk about first up is kind of guys talking about last year's team. And one of the Ooh, things the Rudy that, Gay comments yeah, were, that's were juicy. Gay. You know. All right. So what Rudy said was he was talking about like how things ended last year. And I think the question directed to him was actually more about the team and how things like kind of collapsed. He thought that the question was about himself. And, and so what he said Classic was narcissism. <laughs> he, what he said was, imagine if you came into this room and you couldn't ask a question talking to the reporters. That's how it felt last year. Which is like, so what he's saying is he felt like he came in and he wasn't allowed to do his job. What really happened though was that it was like he came into the room, his editors had told him to ask some questions. Instead, he asked some dumb questions. Someone else asked better questions. <laughs> then he lost his job when his editor poached the reporter from the other outlet. Well. And then he still got paid $6 million. I would love to get paid $6 million <laughs> to not doing anything. You want to pay me $6 million, I will do f- all for however long you want (laughs) and like i get it like i completely understand like 
the competitive nature of a basketball player and sure. like coming in and thinking that you were going to be a part of like a playoff contending team that was like going to do something and you were coming off an injury, but you wanted to do more and then like eventually getting benched. Like, yeah, that sucks. Right. But like, it wasn't exactly the metaphor that worked because that's not exactly what happened. And, yeah. and like, I just really can't forget about the part where like, he wasn't really high on the pecking order of the team when he decided to then call out Rudy Gobert and point out how much money Rudy Gobert was making, like that was a very weird move at a very weird time. And so I'm just like, not surprised that Rudy gay did not have a good time on the jazz last year. And Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, did anybody have a good time on the jazz last year? Yeah. And like, he's definitely not going to be winning a lot this year. And so I can imagine. Maybe he plays and maybe that's what he wants, right? Right. Maybe he's just looking for minutes. Well, and he made it very clear that like he expects to play. Like that's his expectation. So I mean, it seems like a a good plan. (laughs) Well, the jazz want to reach their goals, right? And it's kind of hard for the jazz to like wave him because he's got a player option on his deal. Yeah. Um, He's also one of those guys that wouldn't surprise me if they if they like attached in some sort of deal. Right. So for him to play and maybe they try to increase his value so that they can turn him like eh, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, again, like the door is wide open for the jazz to to make moves. Um, Jordan Clarkson yesterday said that undefeated cool guy. Yeah, undefeated cool guy. Cool guy solstice winner. Um, He said that last year felt like a failure. And that's probably way more apt. It's just like general failure. And then It was. Yeah. And then when Mike Conley was talking about it, he was like, you know, honestly, like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what was going on in the locker room, frustrations that people had, like all that stuff was there. Ultimately, we didn't play well enough. Like, and that is the God's honest truth. Like they didn't play basketball. Yeah. They did not play basketball worthy of anything further than they got. No, we were talking about that. Like, I mean, I picked the Mavericks to beat the jazz in six games and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And so and like, yeah, they weren't playing good enough basketball to compete. They were a 500 team for two thirds of the season. Yeah, none of none of it. I was looking back at like some of the games and some of the moments from last season and like game two of the 82 game season was against the Kings in Sacramento and the Jazz won that game. And literally at game two, that's when it started when we when we were asking questions to Donovan and Rudy saying um, like, hey, you're it's a win, but like something doesn't feel right. Like yeah. game, game two was when it was like, why doesn't this feel good? <laughs> and, and basically it was downhill from there. And so you know, it's nice to hear, you know, someone like Mike say like, yeah, there was all this other stuff, but like ultimately like we just played bad basketball. Yeah. It's refreshing to see some accountability for sure. Yeah. Um, other highlights from the day um Ochai Abaji is an absolute sweetheart I love him and a handsome boy to boot he is 
He's my new adopted son. He's so delightful. And I here's the goal. The goal is to get Ochai on this pod. <laughs> and for him to list movies and talk about movies. And then for me to just be like, no, I've never seen it. Never heard of it. Never seen it. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. So it's just going uh, to be Ochai <laughs> and I talking movies the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Let's let us let's nerd out. I'm ready for this. Uh, the boy. Anyway, I'd like to uh, <laughs> welcome my new co-host, Matt. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it was very funny because yesterday he was like, oh, his three favorite movies are Interstellar, Nacho Libre, and Back to the Future 2. And it might be the first time I've ever been able to be like, oh, I've seen two out of the three movies that you've seen. <laughs> um, I'm guessing it wasn't Interstellar. It was not Interstellar. <laughs> I, I tried to like... <laughs> I don't even know what that movie's about. I don't even know. Who Neither do it. I. And I've seen it like three times. Oh, okay. I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not, not. I don't know. Like, Ochai said that Matthew McConaughey is in it. Yeah. He's He's great in it. I don't know, man. I'm just, I guess I'm just not smart enough for Christopher Nolan movies. But like Interstellar and Tenant and, and oh God, what was the other one? Inception. I don't mm, know. That has Tom Hardy in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just think sometimes movies are just weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah, certainly. I love that. I love that his uh, that Ochai's list though was. Watch, so... we're gonna get a bunch of just like nerds in the comments of this. You don't get the movie. Yeah, that's fine. You're right. I don't get the movie. Uh, you're right. I I don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a very um, simpleton brain. Sorry. Ochai's list was chaotic and I appreciated it and I am excited to cover him. He seems just like an absolute sweetheart and a fun guy. Um, honestly, same with Walker Kessler, who was just a delight to talk to yesterday. And when I asked him if he'd seen the, the question was like, Hey, I don't know if you've seen the jokes. And then he stopped me right there and said about how I look like coach Hardy. <laughs> and it was like, yep, you know exactly where I'm going. And he leaned into it and he was like, yeah, I've seen him. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard people say, you know, I'm, I'm his clone or I'm his mini me. Uh, people haven't seen us in the same room. And honestly, it's a compliment to Will Hardy for someone to say he looks like me. Great stuff. Great stuff from the rookie. Um, you got some all dear little sweet boys on this team. Absolute sweet boys. Um, Malik Beasley was hilarious because <laughs> he was like, I think we can make the playoffs. Oh, uh, let's go. I love an and, optimist. I love and, an irrational. We got like jazz have some real irrational confidence guys on this team. Oh yeah. With, with Clarkson and yeah. Malik Beasley and Colin Sexton. Malik Beasley was like, I want to be an all-star. <laughs> let's like, go. Let's go. Um, 40, 45 shots a game for Malik Beasley. I'm yeah. front row. I, I will re-up my season tickets. And like Malik Beasley's kind of on like a, uh, a rebranding tour of himself like he he's trying to like change his image on the court and off the court he said that like one of his biggest goals actually this season is that he wants to get the community assist award and so like for him to be aiming for that while he is in salt lake city in utah like that's that's great for the community yeah. right so love it 
um, go for it. But it's what was very, very funny, though, is that uh, then Jordan Clarkson spoke to us after Malik Beasley. And Jordan was told, oh, Malik Beasley said that you guys make the playoffs. <laughs> and Jordan was like, well... I mean, if Malik said it, then I guess I'll Let's stand go. behind him. <laughs> you just know that you just know that like Jordan had to go find Malik after that and be like, bro, you cannot be telling them that stuff. <laughs> uh, what, are you, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Don't say that we're going to make the playoffs. Um, so that was that, that was funny. What else? Um, Mike Conley's such a professional. Mike Conley, incredible professional. I love that dude. Yeah. And for him to just like, he seems like he's, he's really settled into this idea that like his, the window to win a title in Utah is officially slammed shut, but like, he's okay oh, yeah. with that. And he well, seems like he's like transitioning to be like, Hey, I want to be here. My kids love it here. My family loves it being here. I like being here. I well, like- that's, that's not exactly the tone actually. Really? Because- okay. Now I'm interested. Because yesterday it was like, he was asked, you know, like, what do you say to your wife and kids when, you know, Rudy gets traded and then Don gets traded and basically it's like fire sale in Utah. And, and also like, do you want to be here? Right? Like you could, you could be traded to a team that actually has a chance to win a title. Like, where do you weigh that? And he was like, really honest. Like your point about his honesty though is true because he was like, yeah, that those are the conversations that are happening with me and my wife because like they've made a life here and they're happy yeah. here and they care about people and the kids are in school and so it's like okay if I get traded like we had to talk about that and like the decision was like if I get traded they're going to stay here because they have a life here and I don't want to like uproot them in the middle of the year. But then at the same time it's like yeah, it's true that if I wanted to be somewhere where I would have a chance at maybe winning a title as like the career is winding down, I have to like choose, like, do I lose valuable time with my family or do I go try to like get the elusive title? Like this might be my last shot. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, those are legitimate bat, like mental battles that it doesn't, it doesn't really seem like Mike had a great answer to it. Like, which is understandable. Yeah. I'm really, Ultimately, it's not his choice either, which is also sure a part of the situation. But do you think, like, if he really went to the front office and asked for asked out, they wouldn't grant that to him? No, I think they totally would. Yeah. Um. But I I understand it's it's a lot more complicated than just that. Yeah, it is a lot more complicated than just that, and I'm sure that there have been many conversations like Mike. We could Mm -hmm. send you here, and it's like, please don't do that, right? Sure, absolutely, Um, yeah. I, yeah. And so that's, I've heard Sacramento's beautiful this time of year. Oh boy, man! <laughs> Worst I'm, I'm case really, scenario. I really am intrigued, though, and I, you know, and this is not necessarily an answer that needs to be, or, or a question that needs to be answered right now. But who is the Utah Jazz's starting point guard? Is is this is Mike coming off the bench this year? Is it is Colin? I'm, I, I don't mean, know. I, just, I'm, like, I, I'm, I don't know. And that's that's know. another reason why, like, I'm so intrigued by this team, in, and like why I don't think deals are necessarily done. Yeah, um, and it was interesting to hear Mike say that he he felt like if he was going to have been traded, then it would have been done by now. Because I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's like I mean, 
knowing Danny Ainge, like Danny Ainge is the type of guy who will wait for a deal. He just spent all offseason doing that with Donovan Mitchell. He did it with Antoine Walker when he was with Boston. Like he's got, I don't think he's just necessarily going to settle for a deal just to get Mike out of town. There's going to be some, there's either going to, there's going to be some sort of net gain, whether it's bottom line or draft capital or, or assets or whatever. He's not just going to make a move just to make a move. Yeah. And the jazz could do any number of things. Like you said, like there, there's a lot of different ways that it could go or they could just like load manage him. Or, I mean, like, honestly, we, when the schedule came out, we talked about that, how like the first 10 games are so brutal. They're all against like Western conference contenders basically. And so like the jazz could put out probably their best lineup that they actually have kind of try to like spike value to like get some of these guys moved and still lose nine out of 10 games. Sure. And so like, maybe that's, maybe that's, that should be the, the tactic, right? Like go hard out of the gate because the schedule is so brutal. Uh, and then kind of hold back. Sure. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And I, and like, if you ask me straight up, do I think the jazz's roster looks the same now? Um, as it will look at the uh, the end of the trade deadline, absolutely, I would say yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, I think um, that this is this is still very much a work in progress. I'm wondering. I hear. I'll let me send you this. All right, there's the roster. If you want to click on that, there we are. Three guys have got to go. Mm-hmm. So who do you think? Now it, this is we're saying. No, no trades happen, but you have to, you've got to wave three. Kind of think Doak. Yeah, I think Doak definitely, which is so sad. I'll bring this up also. Media day. He was asked how important this year is. And he said, it's huge. I can't put into words how huge it is. Yeah. And that is heartbreaking. It really is. Yeah, and I just don't – it's just such a question because you, you can see that there's talent there, but is it like – I know. He was working is today it tran- too. Is it transferable? Can't Can he stay healthy? Is that yeah. ankle actually stable enough? So I would put I would, I would would Doak on the chopping block. I would put uh, Jared Butler on the chopping block and either uh, Johnny Jujang or uh, – Now, Johnny doesn't count. Oh, you're right. You're right. He's on a two way. So you got to cut someone else. Oh, man. (laughs) Either Bolmero or Saban Lee. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, Alexander Walker, but he seems like a a guy who's good enough to play minutes and you can still lose games. Yeah. Nikhil's media day was weird tell me about it um he seems like someone who's like very interested in like philosophy and existentialism right now oh god is he becoming a Nietzsche guy (laughs) is he gonna take a vow of silence for the entire season yeah he he was like so zen and like (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that he, he came away from it being like, yeah, I 
I nailed that, that interview. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, hmm, that was weird. <laughs> Uh, and that's not to say you can't be like philosophical or like existential and like be normal. That's not that that's not the case. But it was like uh, it was media day and it was lighthearted. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm being too harsh on the guy because he was talking about like the need to give himself grace when he makes mistakes. But it's like, uh, he's like you're young. Make mistakes. Who cares? <laughs> he's got to get off of philosopher Instagram. It just it he just seemed very serious. Um and honestly this jazz team is kind of unserious. So uh, it, it gives very unserious vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, they're rebuilding. It's not serious. It's, I mean, yeah, like it's part of it. Like you can't go into this you can't go into the season with high expectations. I'm sorry, you can't. Out like no. your expectations should be through like player development. Like I would say, I don't know, there are a few players on my list who I'm very intrigued by, and I'm going to be watching. Uh, I think uh, Colin Sexton is one of them. Does he have a reemergence? Does he? I really like Colin Sexton. I want him to be good. I do too. Um, Lori Markinen looked like an entirely different player in Eurobasket. Dude, he's, he at one point was almost an all-star. Like, Lori Markinen is very good. Yeah. He's and I'm I'm wondering is like is does Will Hardy just let him go hog wild? Like is like why not? I'm very interested by Laurie Markin and I think that he's super intriguing and then Ogbaji. Yeah. I think I, I, I think he legitimately has a chance to be very good and play a lot of minutes for this team. Oh, he really does. Mm-hmm. And uh he was one of the ones that kind of impressed during the first day of camp today. The, um, I think what's most interesting, I mean, after one day of training camp, right, is that first of all, like, we don't know exactly what the roster is going to look like. We, Will Hardy doesn't have like kind of a clear indication of what the rotation is going to look like. There are guys that are competing for positions, there are guys that are competing for minutes. Uh, no matter the competition of the minutes, minutes are going to be spread around because you don't really care, right? And you want to develop guys as much as you can. And so it is just, I think training camp and the preseason games and the first few games of the season are just going to be like chaos, but in the best way. I'm really excited. And yeah, I think me like, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited as well as like, I think Will Hardy and like how he handles all of this is an incredibly intriguing storyline. Will Hardy is is interesting so far it seems like he's he's very like matter of fact and kind of no bullshit cut straight to the point and i wonder what that's gonna look like in february in march yeah when When like when this team has won 14 games (laughs) yeah yeah um and i just hope that and he's kind of like jovial he's kind of fun um the guys today were saying that he seems really high energy and like he gets really into stuff when they're running um and i and i think i can't help but think of like steven silas (laughs) yeah and i just don't want will hardy to be broken you know yeah i don't want that i don't want that either like let's not break will hardy that's (laughs) that's the goal this year is just like let's keep him a whole human (laughs) (laughs) who man yeah that was Um, practice today 
it was all right um we like as a as a group me and the other reporters chose to speak to kelly Olenek and sabin lee today because they weren't able to talk yesterday and yeah. so it, it wasn't like we had like full training camp conversations with the guys that we kind of wanted to talk to on the first day of camp it was kind of an extension of media day um but did talk to will a little bit today and he uh he talked about wanting the to let the guys kind of like play free especially a lot of the young guys because one of the things that a lot of these young guys are going to need to learn once they start playing kind of high higher usage minutes is um problem solving at a higher level than maybe rookies would have in the past uh-huh. um and so they really need to like will said today like i'm not going to be out there on the court with them right and i don't have 72 timeouts and so one of the things that they need to learn is kind of like how to fix things yep. in the course of a game and so for that to be a priority in training camp is i i love it that seems to be like like a really smart coach kind of looking ahead and and kind of thinking outside the box and i'm again yeah i'm excited about it yeah uh it's gonna be an interesting week training camp every day preseason's right around the corner we're gonna bring you all of the news <sighs> basketball is back basketball is back baby so excited it's the best time of the year even if the team is going to be absolute dog poop and again but like Zero expectations, right? It's going to be so much fun. I, I, I really am excited about it. In the I, writer's room today at, at training camp, we were talking about just remember how much fun. Remember when uh, the Jazz didn't send any of their guys to Toronto out of fear that they would come back. They would have to oh, test man, to get back the in. Eric Paschal game. Right. The Elijah Hughes game. The Elijah Hughes game. Yeah. <laughs> Malik Malik Fitz hitting yeah, a so half court shot. Like, so fun. The absolute scrubs of the team just having a ball and like, yes, like the first half of that game was unreal and they looked like NBA All-Stars and then the Toronto Raptors were like, all right, now we can shut you guys yeah. up and they very easily handled the second half of that game. But like, if that's what we have to look forward to this season, awesome. why not? Like that is awesome. that was one of the funnest games last season. Yeah, I'm I'm very much here for it. Yeah. So that if that's what if that's what we're in store for, man, I really hope so cuz that was a lot of fun to watch and it's so fun to root for guys that don't have stars attached to their name. Mm-hmm. And um it's really interesting to see like how these guys what their careers might look like with intense development being the priority. And so uh, I'm just really excited. And yeah. You put a bow on it there. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, You guys know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, download, do all of the things. Follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. Follow me at NBA Sarah. Follow the show at Unsalvageables. Um, Matt, do you want to say anything about your Twitter handle? No, he doesn't. Not at all. He's not going to be able to do that. Absolutely never. Never. Nope. Never once. Not. Nope. Sorry. Swans of nobody cares. (laughs) Uh, We love you, Matt, so much. So anyways, um, do leave us five star reviews. It really, really helps the show. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Sweet. That was fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs>
Best bit. Best bit ever. It really is a fun <laughs> bit. I kind of love that it's become a thing.